ceremonies took place across the Ukraine yesterday to mark the first anniversary of Russia's invasion. President Volodymyr Zelensky delivered a message of defiance to his people, vowing that Ukraine will do everything to win the war, while NATO leaders pledged continued support for Ukraine. On the 24th of February 2022, Vladimir Putin sent troops into the Ukraine, hoping to take over the country in just a matter of days. The conflict has become the worst in Europe since World War II, with military officials estimating casualties on both sides at more than 100,000 killed or wounded. Joined on the line by Dennis Reaver, a security researcher who is with the Institute for Security Studies. Dennis, it's good to speak to you this morning. Thank you for your time on this first anniversary of the war. Really, any signs of uh, of, of the, the conflict coming to an end anytime soon, or taking a completely different traje- tra- trajectory? Uh, good, good morning. Thank you for having me. Uh, I don't think that the conflict will come to an end any day soon. It seems that both sides, Ukraine and Russia, are locked in a stalemate. And not, neither side has the potential, the capacity to change the outcome of the war at the moment. Um, I think a lot of it, uh, some of it will be decided um, in the coming months. We know that Russia has started a new offensive uh, from about a month ago. Uh, it hasn't been successful yet, but um, if Russia manages to break Ukrainian lines, they may uh, see the victories in the battlefield and change the position on the battlefield. We also know that Ukraine has been preparing a counteroffensive since last year. So mm-hmm. if Russian offensive is not successful, um, we may see a successful counteroffensive by, by Ukraine. But it, at the moment, both both countries are locked in a stalemate. So... Mm-hmm. There is no end in sight, mm. After a year of this conflict, uh, Dennis, have you know have there been significant perhaps shifts in, in terms of how um, other other countries in the world really are assessing this or, or viewing this? The sides really that uh, that various countries have chosen. We know that various African countries, in fact, are still quite divided on this matter. A year later, and as South Africa, of course, uh, our our position um, one one might feel. Has has gotten us in, in a spot of bother. Um, if you think about the the so-called war games as well, um, our, our our coziness with, with Russia, and, and how of course th- this has made us uh, to be perceived by the West. Hmm. Um, I think it, it is true that um, a lot of countries harbor this um, sort of negative uh, negative. Uh, approach, or now they, they see uh, the West in negative light, and they see the war in Ukraine as sort of a continuation of this struggle between Russia and the West. But I think it's very important that most African countries uh, have have maintained a level of neutrality when it comes to this war. We've seen it in the recent UN uh, resolution on, on on the immediate withdrawal of uh, Russian forces from Ukraine. Uh, with only two African countries voting against this resolution, um, most uh, and, and the majority of African countries either supporting or abstaining from the vote. Um, so I think it's, it's crucial that um, most of these countries maintain this, their, their uh, neutrality, even when it comes to South Africa. Mm. I think South Africa has received a lot of criticism, but... Uh, I also think that Africa has been quite consistent in the way it framed its approach to uh, the war in Ukraine uh, when it comes to engaging with all sides. 
Um, in that regard, I think uh, what we may see in the coming year is, is Russia pushing to dissuade African countries uh, to, to start with them. And uh, I think the, uh, the Russia-Africa summit in July, uh, the upcoming one, will, will, will be an interesting one to follow. Um, mm-hmm. But at the moment, I think Russia has failed to actually secure uh, support for its war. Even with some of the closer countries like uh, China, uh, mm. uh, primarily abstaining from the vote. In your view, though, uh, Dennis, is the, taking a, a so-called neutral position the right approach here, uh, given just the nature of this conflict? Of course, we, we shouldn't be ahistorical at all if we're, again, just focusing on, on, on a number of African countries and, and the relationship with, with with the Soviet Union, decades long, really, which I suppose is what makes this complicated. But can you take a neutral stance um, during a conflict of this nature? I have my views, but I think uh, I also understand where where South Africa is coming from. Um, I mean, South Africa takes, for instance, BRICS very seriously. It's, uh, it has developed this relationship over the years, and um, it's obviously chairing the BRICS this year. So for South Africa to um, cut ties or, or limit the engagement with one of the BRICS nations uh, because of the pressure, uh, would, would perhaps be seen as um, as, as uh, acting against their interests. Mm. Um, I think uh, again. I think a lot of will be depend will depend on how Russia will attempt to sway African countries. Uh, we see that Russia uses many tools, including the Wagner Group, which has been mm-hmm. used in, in some conflict conflicts in Africa mm-hmm. in recent years, and. Uh, um, if if they if they are not very uh, if the approach they choose is not very nuanced is very sure. hard hitting if if uh, the Wagner Group uh, continues to engage in these conflicts around Africa, I think we may see uh, the opposite taking place. But mm. the neutral position makes sense. It's a, it's an idea that the war is happening in Europe. Uh, we shouldn't be part of this war. Or we should engage sure. with all parties constructively.